Hello and welcome to Device Week. I'm editor Reed Miller and with me today is editor Marion Webb and our UK-based reporter Barnaby Pickering. So Marion, you've recently had the opportunity to interview the head of Edward Life Sciences Critical Care Unit about their efforts to integrate artificial intelligence and machine learning into their products. AI and machine learning certainly have become quite the buzzwords to get people's attention lately and it's hard to tell sometimes whether this is a real innovation or not. But AI certainly has a place for smart monitoring, and that's what's key in these critical care businesses. What did you learn about their efforts from that interview? Yes, Reed. So I spoke with Katie Zyman, who is the corporate vice president and general manager of critical care at Edwards Life Sciences, about her plans. And she told me while the core monitoring products contrib contributed the largest share of revenues in 2020, driven in large part by the pandemic, she expects that smart recovery product, which entails using AI, sensors, and apps to help monitor patients, represents the largest opportunity for her business unit. Can you give us an example of a smart recovery product? Yes. Yeah, so a big part of this opportunity lies in integrating software and non-invasive sensors into the company's Hemosphere monitoring platform. The sensors provide the smart monitoring information that helps patients recover. And if you can integrate predictive analytics that alert physicians before a bad event happens, then you can potentially avert a bad outcome. And that's the idea here. So a big opportunity she sees is further integration of the Acumen Hypotension Prediction Index that leverages predictive analytics to alert physicians of potential low blood pressure before it occurs in surgical patients. So the big hurdle now is to persuade doctors to actually convert to advanced monitoring, and the company is running a clinical trial to provide more clinical evidence. Early results of a study suggest that machine learning may be useful in alerting physicians to impending intraoperative hypertension in patients that are undergoing non-cardiac surgery, but further results of the HYPE study could be published by year-end. Remote monitoring, which of course has greatly accelerated during the pandemic with so many patients being unable to visit with their doctors in the actual doctor's office or clinics, is also top of mind for her company. So this year, Edwards Life Sciences is expected to launch an app which is called the Viewfinder app, and that will allow clinicians and remote surgeons to monitor their patients by using an app on their smartphone. So the app is designed to mirror what doctors can actually see on the Hemosphere monitoring platform and is currently pending 510k clearance from the FDA. Overall, remote monitoring of patients and also remote training for surgeons will be of increasing importance, not just for Edwards Life Sciences, but for other medtech companies as well. It will also be interesting to follow what other companies are doing in that space. We're currently spotlighting several interviews that MedTech Insight has conducted with C-suite executives in our exec chat section right now. There's a new one with Medtronic's Jeff Martha, who did a great interview with our colleague Danny Alfarouk. Yeah, that's right. And for readers who want to listen to the interview, Danny also posted the podcast on our website. Mr. Martha, who is the CEO of Medtronic, spoke quite a bit about his experience stepping into this leadership role just at the start of the pandemic, which of course made for an even more eventful transition. And as we talked about earlier, Mr. Martha also spoke about the importance of integrating AI and robotics into a number of new technologies. 
We've had a number of great exec chats with a couple of different medtech leaders in addition to so a lot of financing news, not only about the medtech space, but also specifically in the digital health space. And that's a key area you write about. This week, I also had a chance to catch up with Russ Johannesson, who is the CEO of Gluco. And that company developed a software as a service application and an accompanying mobile app for diabetes management. Um, Gluco just announced it raised $30 million in a Series D financing round, which will allow it to expand its sales and marketing groups. With a big focus on remote monitoring and telehealth, the CEO said he really wants to take advantage of the global trend of reimbursement for both of those areas, telehealth and remote monitoring. So while the company's focus so far has been mainly on diabetes, they're also expanding their platform into comorbid areas such as obesity and hypertension. Gluco is already working with all of the major diabetes companies and currently serves more than 7,500 clinics by connecting physicians with individuals who have diabetes to help them better manage their disease and that's being done remotely. While the pandemic has proved to be a major tailwind for telehealth option, it isn't clear yet whether some of the flexibilities that vastly expand Medicare patients' access to telehealth here in the U.S. will remain in place beyond the public health emergency. But Mr. Johannesson believes that the broad support will continue for telehealth and telemonitoring. That's certainly an area that we're going to keep a close eye on. All right. Well, thanks for that, Marion. Uh, that's a ton of great information about a number of important topics that we're all covering. So now let's switch to Barnaby. So Barnaby, you spoke to the strategic leader at KPMG's Health and Life Sciences Division about the effects of COVID-19 on investment in medtech companies. So what did you talk about? Naturally, COVID-19 had a huge impact on deal making. For a long period of time, you know, over six months, hospitals were shut to non-essential surgeries. And as a result, medical device manufacturers saw their incomes decimated. This in turn made companies really unwilling to engage in mergers and acquisitions. As for a period of time, nobody knew when things would get back to normal and which companies would simply survive. KPMG found that in 2020, a third of medical device manufacturers saw their valuation decrease by over 20%. So what does this mean for the healthcare sector overall? It means a number of things. Firstly, Kristen was keen to point out that the pandemic has really profoundly affected how the entire healthcare system operates. Symptoms of this change are the huge uptick in digital health services. COVID-19 forced companies to adapt and create new services and products aimed at reducing patient contact and therefore the spread of the virus. Although a third of medical device manufacturers saw huge valuation decreases, some, specifically those with diagnostics divisions, for example Roche, saw really strong growth throughout 2020, which has been sustained into 2021. Prior to COVID-19, lateral flow testing was largely used for pregnancy testing and agriculture. Now, however, increased interest in the technology has meant that people are developing more types of tests. More recently, lateral flow testing has been implicated as a tool for assessing the effectiveness of COVID-19 vaccines, meaning that the technology is here to stay, at least in the medium term. Kristen also said that regardless of when the need for COVID-19 testing ends, diagnostic manufacturers have now broadened their portfolios and will likely offer better products in the future. Did she say anything about how this is going to change deal making in the future? Yes. So Kristen really emphasised that COVID-19 will not permanently change deal making. It's far too dynamic for that. What she did point out was that there has naturally been a surge of deal making that started in the latter half of 2020, which is still ongoing, and that deal makers have had to alter strategies to be more pragmatic regarding disruptive events. 
What will happen going forward is some degree of consolidation within the digital health industry. Smaller companies will get rolled into larger companies, and how and when this will occur is yet to be seen, but something everyone is eagerly anticipating. Thanks for that update, Barbie. That is a great insight into how the pandemic is impacting the industry overall. Your piece has some handy infographics that explain it very succinctly, and I hope everyone will check that out. So you can read a lot more about Marion and Danny's executive interviews and Barnaby's coverage of that KPMG report and a whole lot more at medtechinsight.com. For example, right now we have a piece on the landmark summit trial in the UK of mass cancer screening with computed tomography. We have a few recent articles about big MNA deals. For example, Cardinal just sold Cordis for a billion dollars to some California investment firms. Um, there's some other venture financing news and an update on the race to develop a pulse field ablation catheter to treat atrial fibrillation. Lots of regulatory news from around the world. Right now, there's especially a lot going on in Europe as it gets ready for its new MDR scheme. You can follow us on Twitter, medtech underscore insight. I'm medtech read with two E's. Marion is medtech Marion, M-A-R-I-O-N. And Barnaby is Barney Medtech. Thanks and have a great week. <laughs>